Hey everyone and welcome back to the BBR podcast. Albie, roll it. Welcome to the BBR podcast. How is everyone's week going? We hope you're all staying safe. We miss you lots. Uh, We are back with another podcast and we thought that we would call in Emma as Obviously, COVID has stopped us from being able to travel to see each other, so we're going to call Emma in today to the podcast to discuss this week's topic. Let's give her a call. Hello. Hey, Em. What is happening? Hey, Rachie. Not much, girl. How's What's it- been happening to you? How's the morning been? Morning's been good. Trained the huge. How's Sydney been treating you? Oh, you know pretty cold I'm sitting here and I've got like tight a blanket a jumper oh my God. but you know it's not the Gold Coast <laughs> put it that way <laughs> definitely not this gal is not made for cold we us Queenslanders were not made to um be in cold weather let's put it that way but um today I wanted to get you on because I feel like this is a topic that we can both completely relate to and sort of we've been there we've done it we still hear it and we just want to sort of go through our 10 nutrition myths that we that even at some stage we may have believed um but but a lot of evidence and research has come out since to show that it's just not the case you could say we're myth-busting. Myth-busting. <laughs> we're nutri- nutrition myth-busting. No, um, but in all seriousness, this these things are, I for one know that throughout my fitness journey, I always used to believe these certain things and mm-hmm. I used to base my nutrition around them. Mm-hmm. So to learn that they're not necessarily true mm-hmm. or at least entirely true is, has made such a difference to how I go about things. And I think being able to share that with everyone mm-hmm. and sort of shed some light on that is going to help a lot of people out there. And make this a bit of a thing. You know, we can do like nutrition, training, etc. But something that in 2019 and 2020 that Emma and I were really blessed to sort of do is hire really qualified dietitians to come on board Team BBR and work with us. And we have learned so, so much from them. We now have four dietitians a part of our team. And it's just honestly so refreshing to have people who are so passionate about what they do and so qualified. Um, Everything is science-based. Everything's backed up with research and evidence. And I think it's um, a big contributor to why our girls do see such amazing results. We really have an amazing uh, team behind them, backing them uh, the whole way. 100%. And I think it's important to... Spread your wings as such and Mm. not just take and rely on the knowledge that you yourself know, but what others around you know, especially others that are so qualified Mm. in that specific area and have spent years upon years upon years Mm -hmm. studying, researching, learning and gaining qualifications in that area. Mm. I think that's how you learn. That's how you, I guess, go beyond just what you know, Mm -hmm. but have other people telling you what they know as well. Mm -hmm. So I I think we're very blessed to have so many knowledgeable people around us. I completely agree. So let's get into it. Myth number one. Now, this is very, very highly asked this question, isn't it? It is. Like, it's one of the most commonly asked things, probably more recently, ever Mm. since If It Fit Your Macros became more of a thing, I feel. 
Yes, um, I where feel you're not just following a meal guide. Completely. I feel that this at least every single live I do in our forum, this question is asked. So myth number one or question number one, can you eat whatever you want as long as your calorie needs are met? I'm sure so many people <laughs> out there are listening right now, so hanging on the edge of their seats, being like, can you? And it is very controversial. Yes, yes. Now let's break this down. For weight loss, Emma, for weight loss, is this technically true? Technically, yes. Mm-hmm. But there is a but. Yes. So obviously to lose weight, we need to be eating less um, and moving more. Okay. We need to be in a calorie deficit. Now where we take those calories from doesn't necessarily matter, especially when we're talking weight loss. However, is it something that we would recommend? Not entirely. We no, still think no. it's really, really important that you you know have a macro split to suit your um, goals and to help speed up the progress. But technically, yes, you can eat whatever you want. As long as you're in a calorie deficit, you can still lose weight. Emma, how does this get tricky and where do people go wrong with this when it comes to flexible dieting? I guess one of the main things is vitamin and mineral Mm -hmm. diversity. So having a diet that's not just specific to one macronutrient, Mm -hmm. so carbs, proteins, and fats, or one specific source of vegetable or fruit, Mm -hmm. it can become very unhealthy when you're only having specific, I guess, certain minerals or vitamins within your diet. Mm -hmm. The more diversity you have with what you eat, the healthier and the more nutritious your diet is Mm -hmm. going to be. So when you were to only eat Mars bars every day of the week for the rest of your life in your deficit, yes, most certainly you could technically lose weight. But are you losing weight in a nutrient-dense, healthy way? Yes. That's very questionable. What upsets me about this whole calorie deficit sort of like trend is that it's all good you know, losing weight is a lot of people's main concern and main goal, but we don't want to lose sight of our health. Our health is so important and, you know, making sure our diet consists of a a nice amount of, you know, fats for hormones, um, carbs for fuel and protein for building muscle and so much more is just so, so important. So technically, yes, you can lose weight eating whatever you want as long as you're in a calorie deficit. However, long term, I don't think it's healthy and I also don't think it's smart. You're not educating yourself on um, pretty much eating the right foods to fuel your body. And you know what? If you eat Mars bars, if you eat 1,500 calories of Mars bars all day, every day, I guarantee you're going to end up sick with something else. Yes, okay, you may lose some weight, but there's so much more to it. So Technically, that is correct. Um, when it comes to building muscle, that's a whole nother ball game, and your macro split does matter um, then. But yes, that the question to that is yes. But what we recommend is to still have um, a macro split where you're getting an adequate amount of protein, and yeah, yes, your carbs and fats can vary. But as long as you're hitting your calorie intake, you will still see results. Just remember, the bulk of your diet should consist of balanced, wholesome foods to ensure you're getting all macro and micronutrients your body needs for optimal functioning. <laughs> Do you have anything to add or did I sum that up? You really took it home. I took, <laughs> I took it home. Okay. <laughs> 
Myth. I'm just going to let you roll out with that. <laughs> Fade out. Okay, so number two, carbohydrates make you gain fat. The amount of girls I even still see I asked about low-carb diets, keto, keto diets, diets that have you on minimal to no carbs. God, it's, it's my just worst phenomenal. It's my worst I nightmare. really can't believe that it's still a question being asked. But it is. But it goes to show how strong this myth is out there. I know. Low-carb diets have been so heavily promoted um, over the last couple of decades, which unfortunately has put a bad taste in everyone's mouths. I even remember growing up, I thought carbs were bad. I thought bread was bad. You know what I, do you remember that? Yes. I'm still asked about bread. Uh, Is bread bad? Yeah. And that's another one. Like people still ask, will bread make me fat? What people don't understand. (laughs) Not any other carb. (laughs) Yeah. No other carb, but bread. And don't get me wrong. We're not laughing at the questions. We understand because we once were those people who did think that. Um, So no question's a dumb question, but we just want to really get across the message that to gain weight, you need to be in a calorie surplus, which means over consuming any food. You can overconsume meats and vegetables. You can overconsume, you know, um, fruit. It doesn't matter what the food is. If you're overconsuming, you will gain weight. So it doesn't mean bread or um, chocolate or that specific foods alone will make you gain weight. And I genuinely used to think that also. So I want to make sure that that's really sort of ingrained and that message is continuously being pushed out because there isn't specific foods that will make you gain weight and that's really important to understand. No, so as long as your overall intake is in check, Mm -hmm. then you can incorporate a various amount of macros, carbs into your diet so that you're eating a variety of foods. So it's not just about making sure you're eating carbs, proteins and fats, but also a variety of mm-hmm. those foods. And, yeah. you know, you could go as far as saying is that carbs are something that you, our bodies need. Yes, I was just going to say that. For so many important functions. So many of our clients come to us and they're like, I've never, you know, you know, I've never eaten this many carbs. And I'm like, yeah, but have you ever trained five times a week? When you're training five to six times a week, four to six times a week, it's important that you're fueling your body. And we need carbohydrates um, to train. We need carbohydrates to function, um, especially when you have a really active lifestyle. So the answer to that is no, no specific macronutrient, no specific food will make you fat, but over consuming food is where you will see weight gain. And we notice that mostly over consuming food happens consistently. That's another thing. People think you have one bad day and that you're instantly going to gain fat. Fat takes time, just like it takes time to lose weight. Um, it takes time to gain it. So you need to keep, yes. you need to be consistently over consuming each day. Um, and you will, yes, you will notice weight gain, but yeah, I hope that makes sense. Do you have anything more to add on that, Em? I guess just bottom line, cutting carbs is not the answer to fat loss. Instead, focusing on managing your energy intake and consuming enough of each macronutrient appropriately Mm -hmm. is going to be what helps you get to your goals. Yes. And in saying that, you know, Emma and I do prefer a higher carb and lower fat or a moderate fat diet. Um, But some people prefer higher fat and a moderate carb diet. And that is okay. We're happy with you for you to do that. We just want to make sure that you understand that carbs aren't the enemy. No. Carbs are our friend. 
So we've got myth number three coming in hot. Hit us with it, Emmy. So this myth is that only having frequent meals is going to be what boosts your metabolism. So yeah, pretty much you have to have five meals a day. I, I've i got it. I'm guilty of this one. When I started out, I genuinely thought and really believed that this was true. And I thought that I had to eat five meals every single day to see results. I know it's crazy that, and I remember doing it, I would be at work. Mm. And I wouldn't even necessarily be able to get in this many meals. So I'd be like sneaking through at my desk thinking, I have to get these meals in. I have to keep my metabolism going. Mm. And it's just crazy to think that, you know, at the time I did genuinely believe it. But that it's, you know, arguably so far from the truth. Having more frequent meals isn't a, you know, secret metabolism no. booster that. And what we actually don't realize is, yes, when we're digesting food, it does boost or raise our metabolism. But let's say we're having three bigger meals rather than five smaller meals. Those bigger meals are going to take uh, raise our metabolism with digesting them also because they're bigger. So it doesn't really make sense. And I think another thing we can take from this is what matters most is that you're hitting your calorie intake for the day. When it comes to nutrient timing, when it comes to, um, you know, meal frequency, that comes down to you and your lifestyle. Some people prefer three meals. Some people prefer five meals. I personally prefer four. So it's more about just making sure that your meals are spread out nicely to fit your lifestyle and to keep you satisfied all day long. What you don't want to do is have one massive meal in the morning and then come um, nighttime, you haven't had another meal, you're starving and then you're over consuming. So everything we are sort of, the general trend is we want to figure out what works best for us in our lifestyle. And then from there, we make it work um, by meeting our calorie intake for the day. That is what's most important. I was just about to say there's like a common denominating message that comes through with all of these myths Mm. and it's about hitting our nutritional targets in a way that helps us in and suits us in our own lifestyle 100 percent amy i'm with you girl all right myth number four number four i like this one because again god marketing gets us doesn't it yeah i agree foods labeled natural or organic are healthier this has gotten me so many times (laughs) in the supermarket i'm reading labels (laughs) yeah another thing is low fat or you know remember to always check the nutritional label um because there's a few things here well number one they're not always very accurate. I think it's up to like 20%, even maybe more, that you can actually be above or under when it comes to a nutritional label for a brand or a food. Number two, um, marketing. You know, people put things on products specifically to make you believe that something is better for you when really a lot of the time it actually isn't. And this is something that growing up I definitely was fooled by. Um, I would only eat clean foods and by doing that you know it had to be all natural had to be made with real fruit and etc these sort of claims um you will notice on a lot of products and speaking of claims so things we're referring to are little highlights on products that are saying made with all natural ingredients or 100 percent natural mm. or um no fat you know those sort of 
really out there marketing comments, I guess, are the things that we're referring to. And it can refer to anything from literally like minimal processing to like honestly next to nothing to be able to put those labels on the foods. Um, So don't be fooled by a product and what it looks like and what it says to you. Make sure you dig a little deeper and make sure that you actually have a good read and check the nutritional label, um, scan the barcode, pop it in my fitness pal. And you'll actually be surprised because sometimes foods that you may think are healthier, lower calorie, etc. for you. <laughs> they actually, aren't actually lower no. calorie or healthier at all. No. So don't be fooled by marketing girls because a lot of the time it doesn't really actually mean much. Okay, myth number five, M, hit us with it. Number five, so your body needs detoxing programs. <sighs> I don't know about you, Rach. But I've definitely been tempted by the occasional detox or cleanse. The juice Not so cleanses. much as of late, but definitely when I was younger. For sure. Um, I've, I heard of things. I had friends who did things. And another yeah. one I'll say is on top of the juice cleanses, the, you know, tummy teas. I can't even yeah. remember what they're called now, but teas that basically claim oh, yes. to detox you in. They just literally <laughs> give you diarrhea. These are horrible <laughs> things for you. Um, Look, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, there's going to be things out there that are promoted and pushed, unless it's something that your doctor is highly mm-hmm. recommending that you do. I don't know whether going with an online marketing scheme for these things is ideal. I definitely wouldn't recommend that for anyone. No. The thing at is, the is of- that your body literally has. Your body is made up of organs such as your liver and your kidney that detox your body for you. So anything that needs detoxing, your body will do that for you 24-7 all year round. So you do not need to add um, these quick fixes and things that sound appealing because, of course, it's always a quick, you know, it's always, you know, detox in seven days, lose, da 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 the thing is, is that these things won't work long term and that they're not actually detoxing your body. Your body will do that for you. So, you know, teas, detoxes, they're really not something that you need or that we would personally recommend. Agreed. <laughs> okay, myth number six, you need supplements for success. This is a good one. This is really good. And I think this is, We've supplements been have been a massive phase in health and fitness yes oh massive look according to like various different studies and all of that 30 to 50 percent of adults now take some sort of supplement whether that's just the protein powder or maybe a collagen that's so crazy Um, and while supplements certainly i feel they help assist they're definitely not essential certain supplements assist let's let's say certain supplements assist now the reason i can really get on board with this every time i do a q a on instagram i get asked about supplements i haven't promoted um supplements for years now and the reason is is that yes i was once your girl who thought you had to have the pre-workout the fat burner the casein the post-workout shake the whey. i had everything oh my god i had everything And it was when I became more educated that I realized that so much of this doesn't actually do anything for me. Don't get me wrong. I still love to use a protein powder because I find it's a really convenient way to get my protein intake in. 
But when it comes to pre-workouts, etc., I personally just have coffee. Um, since coming off all my supplements, I feel like I sleep better. I feel like I feel healthier. I get more of my calories, etc., from food, real food. Um, and personally, I've never felt better. Yes, sometimes I'll supplement magnesium or certain vitamins, but when it comes to you know your typical online supplements. I personally don't think there is a need for them. Look, I'll agree. I'm very, I will say that I love a protein powder, mainly because I'm also someone who loves wheat. So for me, getting my protein in at the same time as having a sweet treat is really, really enjoyable. Mm -hmm. But from a caffeine perspective, I personally find a lot of pre-workouts way too much to handle. A coffee for me is more than enough. Agree. Um, anything else I just haven't really committed to. And I'm quite happy with my performance levels without Mm. having to commit to that stuff. I find it a little bit overwhelming to have to take, you know, 10 things a day. And and it's very expensive. So what we want you to take away from this, we're not telling you not to take supplements. We're just telling you that you don't need supplements for success with your health and fitness journey. Um, If you want them to assist, if you want to take a protein powder, if you want to take caffeine, creatine, magnesium, etc., we're all for it. But a lot of the supplements marketed to you are not necessary. And the thing is, a lot of the time they're marketed as to lose fat or to gain muscle, you need. Just remember that you don't need supplements to see results. You can do that through nutrition and through training. All right, myth seven. This uh, this one's really good too. Eating late at night will cause weight gain. I feel like this is something that has caused so many people stress. I if know. they get home from work late, they feel guilty about eating dinner. Shift work, you know, just yeah, mm. unnecessary stress on something that really does not matter. What's your thoughts on this? Look. For me, I like to picture my daily intake across a 24-hour period. So as long as you're eating your daily intake within that 24-hour period, it doesn't particularly matter when you eat that intake. If you're someone who works until 7 o'clock at night, you might not get home until 8, might not have dinner until 8.30. Missing dinner in fear of putting on weight because you're eating a little bit later is just so horrific. Mm-hmm. Provided that you're still hitting, hitting your nutritional intake for that day at 8.30 at night, it doesn't matter that you're eating a little bit later. I yeah. think placing unnecessary pressure on ourselves to eat by a certain time is silly and mm. very unnecessary. Where I think this stems from is late night snackers. I think a lot of people consume their food and consume their meals and then late at night they go back and they snack and they're actually over consuming their daily intake. Yeah. That is where I think this stems from. But if you are eating late and you're eating within your calorie intake, you're absolutely fine. That won't um, you know, have anything to do with Um, not seeing results but I think this does stem from snacking uh, which is over consuming so all right and again the over consuming issue (laughs) over consuming equals weight gain okay myth number eight Emmy I think this one's one that you actually explained pretty well Um, a magic macro split is there a magic macro split how many girls ask us like what macro split do I need to be on to lose weight and it's it's crazy because in short no there's no specific macro split 
and macros being your proteins, carbs and fats that you eat throughout the day, that's going to necessarily give you a more successful weight loss journey. Mm. At the end of the day, like we have said on numerous occasions throughout this podcast, yes, your energy expenditure versus energy intake matters. Mm. How you consume and what you consume within that intake in terms of macros, mm. doesn't particularly matter. What yeah. I will yeah. say, however, mm-hmm. is protein. Mm. Hitting a sufficient amount of protein is always important yeah. and is highly recommended to track. Mm-hmm. But if you're someone who prefers lower carbs or higher carbs or moderate fat, you know, that really is entirely mm. up to you and your preferences and what you feel good of. Yeah. I always like to think... Your macro split determines how you feel. So it's important to find a split that works for you, to find a split that, you know, fuels your sessions, that you feel satisfied on. And as Emma said, you know, hitting an adequate amount of protein is very important, whether you're in a deficit or personally in a muscle um, gain phase. Reason being is it's going to help satiate you. It's going to help keep you fuller for longer by having protein throughout the day. Um, so again, no, there is no magic macro split. Even if someone might tell you there is no magic macro split for your body type. Um, it comes down to finding a split that works best for you, because as I said, your macro split does determine how you feel. And that's why, you know, if someone may be in a calorie surplus, but they're consuming a really large amount of fat, they might feel really, really sluggish and tired, um, you know, in comparison to someone who might consume more carbs and actually feels really energetic. So it's just finding the macro split that suits you and that works best for you. I was going to say, Mm. so for me personally, I really notice a difference with when I, whenever I vary my fat and carb intake, oh my God, I really do fuel better off carbs. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of people also don't. But finding what makes me feel good has really helped me with my performance levels, my mm. strength levels, and just how I feel on a daily basis, even at work with the intake yes. that I'm on. When I have lots of fats, especially at night or and have a higher fat day, I sleep a lot better. Um, but I feel like I train and I'm a lot more productive off more carbs throughout the day. So it's just, it's funny. You sort of, the more you trial things, the more you learn about yourself, um, which I think is also another big important one. Trial things, give things a go and see what works best for you. Trial and error, baby. (laughs) All day, every day, baby. (laughs) Okay. Myth number nine, artificial sugars will make you gain fat. This? I find is a really complex issue Mm. because so many people have so many opinions on it. But our dietitian Liz summed this up really well based off actual official research. So no one's opinion here. This is research-based and this is what we wanted to come to you girls with. Mm. Basically, no. Artificial sweeteners or sugars aren't something that are going to make you gain weight. And look, arguably, they're actually a really good dieting tool because they help satisfy your cravings, Mm -hmm. you know, your little sweet fixes without affecting your calorie intake. I know for me personally, a sugar-free solo. Oh, sugar-free solo hits all the right places. It really does. (laughs) And it helps me when I don't necessarily want to add a whole lot of sugar 
to my daily intake. Or drink alcohol if you're out. It's such a low-calorie option. There's a lot of positives. We are those gals who are like, post zero, please. (laughs) However, where it can get a little bit tricky is when there's an overconsumption in these sweet treats because they are hitting that sugary, I guess, craving and sort of creating a deprivation mindset. Mm. So it's where someone's so heavily deprived that they're going so overboard with their sugar-free intake that it, you can see the cycle of mindset that that mm. can put us in and there's, it's not a positive one. There's a deeper issue. So the deeper issue yes. stems from these people are then probably going to end up over-consuming treats and other things if they are in this mindset. And this is where this can be complex. So... Yeah, technically, no. Artificial sugars will not make you gain fat. And we actually think they are okay. They're fine to have in moderation, everything in moderation, girls. But if you are someone who is really over-consuming these products to make up for this deprivation mindset, there's a deeper issue and you probably need to pull back um, from being in a deficit and look at correcting those behaviours because those behaviours will usually lead to some sort of, you know, binge eating, et cetera, and can be quite dangerous. Exactly, mm. exactly. So, yeah, that's a good one. We get asked that quite a lot. All right, we're going to bring it home for Number you Number 10, baby. <gasps> Number 10. This one is actually so good and I totally am guilty of thinking I once thought this. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll read it out. Okay. You so the myth this. is the myth bust is you have to eat your post workout meal in a certain time frame post workout, yep. aka thirty minutes. Thirty minutes. Yep. I once thought this was true. I once was that gal. I we would race home from the gym <laughs> just to eat yeah. in the thirty minutes. <laughs> now, in saying this, technically, no. This myth has been debunked. Um, a while ago, especially um, for recreational athletes. Obviously, if you are a professional athlete training hours on end a day, it's a whole different story. But we're just talking about general population. No, this is not correct. However, we get asked a lot on this because Emma and I do in a minute fast. um, We get asked a lot about should I take my post-workout after I am I train. So you fasted, train, should I take my post-workout? Personally, I think yes. If you've been fasting for a long period of time, I think it's important that you're breaking your fast and you're getting some protein in post-workout. However, does this affect weight loss? Does this affect muscle gain? Um, Technically, no. However, you know, there's a lot of research out there to say, you know, breaking up your protein into increments, et cetera. There's a lot more we can go into there, but we just want to pretty much hit on the head. Do you need to eat or have protein, have a protein shake post-workout? Is there a time frame? And the answer is no, there's not. No. So, yeah, if you're hitting the gym once a day, you don't have a very physically demanding job, your body will easily use the existing resources to cover those needs. So you don't need to... Worry as much about nutrient timing. However, at BBR, we still do promote nutrient timing, but again, more for recovery and more for making sure you're splitting up your meals nice and evenly to keep you satisfied throughout the day. And I think it's just important to note, just going back to the deprivation aspect of restriction, is to not deprive yourself of those 
nutrients post-workout, especially if you're hungry because you feel like it's better to do so. Exactly. You're not going to be in a fat-burning state for longer. You're not going to be, you know, benefiting in any of those ways by not eating. Mm. The amount of girls I will have messages being like, I'm starving after my meal, but I'm trying to prolong my eating window and all that sort of stuff. That's not helpful. No. If you are hungry after you train, which I know I am, eat. There is yes. absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But do you have to eat within a certain time window? No. 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 Yeah, exactly. Well, that was fun. <laughs> Look at us go. Thanks for tuning in, MZ. I miss you so much. Um, Alby really miss you, misses you. <laughs> I bet Albie misses me the most. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Guilty. Um, well, thanks for tuning in and, yeah, we'll see you all next time. It's been time. an absolute pleasure. <laughs> Let us know how this goes. I'm so excited to hear us. Hopefully it sounds clear once yeah. it's all in as clear as it As clear as it gets. This is like the radio. Calling in. We have a caller on 911. <laughs> We, we have, have Emma Jane. No, <laughs> we have Emma Jane Dillon calling in from New South Wales, Sydney. <laughs> Emma, how? Are you? Emma, how are you going today? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, we better stop. All, all right. right, love Ciao, you all. Sis. Bye. Love you. Bye.